All right, good. We're going to spend uh, just a little bit of time looking at the scripture together this morning. Uh, if you've got your Bibles, um, get them out. Um, and uh, we're going to stick uh, with the Psalms. We're going to Psalm 145 this morning. So if you've got your uh, Bibles, we're going to Psalm 145, a Psalm of Praise of David. It's been amazing, actually, how these Psalms, we had no idea when we chose the Psalms as a series, how important and how significant they'd be in this season, how they'd resonate and chime almost every week as if they were tailored into different parts of what we were going through. We felt a few weeks back, um, several weeks back now, that God was calling us deeper into him and was up to something amongst us. Who knew that it was to prepare us for a season like this where we're actually apart physically? Of course, he did. Um, and when we had that psalm, Psalm 91, two weeks ago, and then last week's psalm about the things that haven't changed, and this week's psalm is no different. It's a psalm that can bring us such truth and encouragement and challenge, actually, I found as I prepared this uh, brief reflection um, this week. It's no surprise that the psalms speak. The psalms speak to us because the psalms were ordinary believers like you and I trying to work out what it is to follow God in times of difficulty and stress and struggle, in times where things weren't going well, in times where they felt endangered or fearful. They were discovering, can we trust this God? Is he with us? God, are you listening? And they discover over and over again that, yes, he is. And yes, he is with them and he doesn't fail them through anything um, we discovered that the Psalms are deep calling to deep in us. These are the prayers and praises that Jesus lived and breathed, this honest and real relationship with God, which is what we need, all of us, right now as we go through this. And as we turn to Psalm 145, this is the beginning of five Psalms at the end, which are the most amazing Psalms of praise. It's like the great, um, uh, well, the great... Uh, conclusion to the whole book if you like it's this amazing final resonating um, celebration of praise after all the wrestle and all the struggle and all the difficulties now the psalms just go for full blown high praise and it's not that the difficulties or the struggles have stopped it's not they've put their fingers in their ears and they're pretending life is easy now no it is just that they have discovered that God has been true and good and faithful throughout all of it and still is. And so they know that this God is worthy of their praise and they just outpour the most amazing five psalms of praise. If you're looking for psalms of praise, Psalm 145 to Psalm 150 is where it is. Um, let's read it together, shall we? Psalm 145. I will exalt you, my God, the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty, and I will meditate on your wonderful works. They tell of the power of your awesome works, and I will proclaim your great deeds. They celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. All your works praise you, Lord. 
Your faithful people extol you. They tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might so that all people may know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures through all generations. The Lord is trustworthy in all he promises, faithful in all he does. The Lord upholds all who fall, lifts up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you and you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and faithful in all he does. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and saves them. The Lord watches over all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. Let every creature praise his holy name forever and ever. (coughs) I don't know if you've ever been accused of being too passionate or a bit of an enthusiast. I know I have uh, from time to time been accused of such an outrageous statement. Um, And to be honest, it is probably true. I can get passionate about things. You know, an enthusiast, someone who can just just give a massive verbal diatribe of, of the of the wonders of something uh, either big or small and uh, let everybody know how passionate you are about it i know i have a tendency uh, to do this about all sorts of things i can wax lyrical about uh, a movie i've watched or a tree that i've just driven past or the paint color of a room or even the toasted sandwich making abilities of my second hand jewelit toaster uh, honestly guys if you've never had a secondhand Juliet toaster toasted sandwich, you're missing out. They're amazing. I leave it there. I could go on. I'm not going to. Um, you know, children are often enthusiasts. You know, they're, they're basically enthusiastic about everything. Oh, this is so cool. Or this is awesome. Or this is the best day ever. And the truth is, as grown-ups, we often try and stamp out the enthusiasm. We, we turn it down and try and teach children to be a bit more balanced as they become adults, you know. Um, time to grow up a bit, uh, to use less of the superlative language, become a little more British. You know, well, you know, the day wasn't too bad, I suppose. Not, uh, yes, it was uh, all right, I, I, I would think. Yes, not too bad at all. Here in Psalm 145, I don't know if you noticed, David's holding nothing back. This is a psalm of praise and he won't be dampened by anyone or anything, just like the time when he took off his outer clothes and he danced before the Ark of the Covenant in that great procession as they brought it back into Jerusalem uh, as the capital for the first time. David was dancing and Mika, his wife, or Mika, his wife, um, almost told him off and said, this is too much, too enthusiastic, too undignified. And he was like, you haven't seen anything yet. You think that was undignified. I can become far more passionate and more undignified than this. This is his equivalent psalm. It's titled a psalm of praise. It is the only psalm titled a psalm of praise. Check it out in the psalms and actually in the Hebrew, and I won't go into this now, but um, it's actually an alphabetical acrostic. David uh, wrote down the letters of the Hebrew alphabet and then just filled in things to praise God under each and every letter. I wonder if you could do that this week. That would be an awesome challenge. Just thought of that one. Um, what a great thing to do with your family, maybe. Um, 
and and he just he's holding nothing back. This is literally the A B C of an enthusiast guide to praise and to who our God is. If you notice the language as I was reading it, it is so full of superlatives. God is the most great. He's gracious, trustworthy to everyone, everything forever. He's full of alls and every. Everybody should praise him every day. For he's good in every way to all people, always. It's as if somebody needs to tell David to calm down, but he makes no apologies for it. For every word he's saying is true. And so this morning in the middle of all we're going through together, I want to draw out four passionate everys from this psalm. And I also want to ask you four questions as I do so, which you can reflect on this coming week. And the first one, as I just skip through this psalm, is that every day is a new opportunity to praise God. It's the first thing we can take from this psalm. Every day is a new opportunity to praise God. I lift you high in praise, my God, oh my King. I'll bless you every day and keep it up from now to eternity. Verses one and two in the message. David knows that every day he wakes up, it's a new opportunity. It's a fresh opportunity to discover more about his God, to praise his God, to bless his name, to go deeper in friendship with him and love of his Lord and King, whether he be resting in his castle or fleeing from danger in a cave or standing on the battlefield ready for war every day, gave a new opportunity to praise God. And I want to say to us, as we've heard before, but I want to say it again, this season isn't usual. It is rare. It is unusual. It is unexpected and therefore it is an unusual and rare and unexpected opportunity to praise our Heavenly Father, to go deeper in our relationship with him, to hear more from him, to trust him more fully each and every day. For some of us, this is a time of stopping and slowing and cancelling our agendas for a season. All that we knew, the rush and the commute has stopped. But I want to say this isn't wasted time. We have a tendency in our busy world, but if I'm not doing something, it must be wasted. This isn't wasted time. Not a single day need be wasted. This has opened a new space to seek God and praise his name, an opportunity perhaps to read the scriptures more than you have before, to pray and rest in God rather than to rush around him. For others, you may say, Matt, I'm struggling actually on my own at home. How do I praise God if I'm just on my own and feeling a bit low? I just want to remind you of the great promise of Jesus when he taught us to pray. He actually said, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. It's interesting, isn't it? This season has kind of made us all go into our room and shut our door. But Jesus said you can do that and you can pray to your father in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. Matthew 6, 6. Your home friends as dear Harold Braeburn used to say, is not a cell, it can be a sanctuary. God longs for you to share this time with him, even if you're on your own. For others, I'm aware that this season is a season of stepping up to a new challenge, working on the front line, busier perhaps than you've ever been, leading, making decisions, caring, serving, maybe even risking your own health for the sake of others if you're in the medical uh, profession. But may you also see each day as a unique opportunity to praise God amidst all the pressures and demands and know that he is with you now 
more than ever. Now's not the time to draw back from praising him, but to press in more, to lean harder on him. It may be costly. It may not be easy. But know that as you draw near to him, he's going to draw near to you to sustain you and equip you in this busy time. For each of us, these are new days. And so we will see God in new ways. We have new ears at the moment, new eyes. Our hearts are tuned differently. So let's tune them into God and discover more of his goodness in this season. Every day is an opportunity to praise. Today is. Tomorrow is. The next day, next week, the week after the week after that, I want to ask you, how could you prioritise going deeper in your relationship with God in this new season each and every day? What new thing might you be able to do? What new habit might you be able to form? It's coming week. Um, As of tomorrow, Bex and I are just going to be sharing night prayer together and I'm going to try and stream it. I'll let you know details uh, just for this week leading up to Psalm, uh, Psalm Sunday, Palm Sunday, next Sunday, um, believe it or not. And we're going to stream it at 9 p.m. If you want to join us, you'd be so welcome. I'll send out the links and we're just going to simply use the Northumbrian night prayer at 9 p.m. Um, but what are you going to do to press in deeper to God's goodness and create a new rhythm in this season? The next every is that every generation has a story to tell. Verses three to eight. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty. They tell of your power, of your awesome works. They celebrate your abundant goodness. And so I will meditate on this and I will proclaim this, says David. Perhaps the key question today that I want to ask us is what will be our story of this time? And what will be yours? What will be said of us after all this is done? How did we respond? Previous generations have come and gone before us and each generation has been unexpected difficulties and trials. How do you know God biblically as we look through? How do you know God when you're in the wilderness? How can we understand our relationship with God when we're in exile in a foreign land? How can we sing these songs Yet each generation told of God's mighty acts and his faithfulness. They celebrated his goodness and joyfully sung of his righteousness. They discovered his faithfulness in their time and their season. The earliest Christians, if you just whip through church history as quick as you can, and rather than seeing it as an academic discipline or study, but seeing this as our brothers and sisters who throughout history have just walked before us, the great host of witnesses, if you like, to Jesus. The earliest Christians, such as Polycarp, they passed on the message to us that God was so good and so faithful he was worth dying for, even as they were martyred and brutally killed by Rome. Christians throughout the Middle Ages, like Bernard of Clairvaux or Francis of Assisi, taught us about keeping the light of Christ shining in prayer and Christian love for the poor amidst times of darkness and war and hardship. Christians in the Reformation period, such as Martin Luther, taught us that the truth of the gospel of grace and the gift of scriptures were worth fighting for and defending and standing against all opposition. Christians in the light, in the Enlightenment, such as Blaise Pascal, remind us that God is not only the author of scientific truth, but also a God of love and comfort who fills our hearts and our souls. Charles Wesley 
tells us of personal discipleship. William Carey proclaims our need to share the gospel with all. Karl, Dark, Karl Barth, Dietrich Bonhoeffer tell us of the supreme rule of God over and above all human efforts who alone saves us, even amidst the arrogance and horrors of the Nazi regime in World War II. Martin Luther King Jr. cries to us about the God of justice. Billy Graham about the centrality and power of the cross and the need to get the message to others. And now what about us? This is our time. This is our generation. This will be a time that goes down in history, won't it? The time when the country locked down for the first time ever, when we fought a war against an unseen virus, when everything we knew stopped and changed, and yes, a new fear hung over the world. What will we say of our God in all this? It's our turn to discover and sing of the same truth in the difficult season that was first Revealed to Moses that the Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. You know, as I was preparing this, Emily came into the room in, uh, and she grabbed a little set of cards I got with questions on that I got given. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Cheryl. Uh, you're, uh, the, the Church of England gave me these cards. The diocese uh, gave me those as I was getting some training. Um, and uh, one of the cards just read out. Uh, she picked it up and read it out loud. What would you like to be remembered for? And she said and answered without a second thought. I'd like to be remembered for my positivity and my happiness with which she left the room. And I thought that was just fab. But I wonder what will we as God's people be remembered for when all of this has passed? What are we going to be remembered for as the people of God? Will it, will, will it be of how we found new ways to love one another? How we encouraged one another? How God gave us peace and courage? How we grew in even more passionate love and praise and trust. How we shone his light in the darkness. Will we be the generation that rediscovers community and the importance of it? In church decline, will we be the generation that sees church swell again as we realise the absolute privilege of meeting together, of hugging one another, of loving one another, of sharing bread and breaking it in person with one another? Will we be the generation that rediscovers rest in God? the prioritization of him and time spent with him will we rediscover how to love and support a hurting world will we discover things yet unknown and unexpected and unseen i want to ask you what will be our story of this time what will we tell the next generation what will be yours something to think about this week you see for how we as god's people respond to our hurting world matters so much in this situation none of us are in any doubt of that we are the people called by god to tell the story and to live out the truth of god's kingdom breaking in a kingdom where every living thing is remembered and loved and provided for it's the third every every living thing the lord is good to all verse nine he has compassion on All he has made. This is our God. He doesn't just care about some. He cares about all. His desire is that all might know him, that all might come to live under his kingdom, his kingship, his loving rule, his provision and his justice. None are forgotten and overlooked with God. We are a people called to witness with all those before us. The truth of our God's kingdom breaking in we are a people called to live it out in action to demonstrate it to a world you see jesus came and what was he declaring the kingdom of god is near the rule 
of our loving and passionate God is at hand. Come repent and come let God be your king and come and feel and know and experience what it is to have him watch over your life, to be under his provision and care and his justice. And now Jesus says, now you go and do likewise. You go and share the kingdom of God and teach the world and show the world its truth. You see, we're, we in the middle of this situation right now are invited to show the world what this amazing kingdom of love and justice and provision looks like. We're called to put it into action and to live it out. A kingdom where all who fall are lifted up, all receive food and care that they need each day, not just some. A kingdom in which you can look to God, all of us. For our greatest provision throughout our lives and we will receive all that we need. You open your hand, verse 16, and satisfy the desires of every living thing. Now we know this kingdom hasn't come in fullness yet. In the kingdom there are no viruses. And one day we will know a world that is aching and broken will be redeemed and restored in the most amazing way. But for now, we are called to live in this broken world. But we are called to be those who demonstrate and live and show and declare the kingdom of God's love and justice and provision and care where nobody is forgotten, where all are loved and remembered. Friends, we're called to expect God to be at work in this season. This isn't caught God by surprise. Let's open our eyes and our ears and let's see what God is up to and let's partner with him as we love our neighbours, as we care for our communities, as we love one another as we pick up the phone, as we offer to pray, as we're bolder in the kindness and goodness that we show one another and in speaking about Jesus. And friends, let us pray, Lord, let your kingdom come, your perfect rule, your perfect way to a world that is so desperate for it. Lord, let your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There will be new doors opening right now as people are looking for a rock or a certainty to stand on when everything else is shifting. Let us show them the kingdom of God. Let us play our part where all are remembered, all are loved, all are provided for and all call and know the name of Jesus and have a relationship with the king. So, friends, how can you join with Jesus in showing the love and compassion of his kingdom in this season? Whoever you are, can you make that phone call? Can you help that neighbour? Can you love? Can you pray? in new ways and finally and just a short one i want to say that amidst all the uncertainty fear change and challenge we are a people called to remember and to celebrate and to share not just the kingdom but the king of this kingdom the amazing truth of the king we know and we love our savior and our friend the god that david is so unapologetically passionate about the god who in every way is faithful the Lord is righteous in all his ways and faithful in all he does. David reminds an anxious and hurting people that the Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. It was a word that Jenny Metcalf rang me up earlier this week and said, I just feel like that's a word maybe for our church, that the Lord is near for all who call on him, all who call on him in truth. And I said, Jenny, do you know what? That's in this week's psalm yet again. God seems to be telling us things right when we need to know. And I know that for many of you, this week's been difficult. 
you've known anxiety, stress, loneliness, illness. Some of you are struggling with symptoms of COVID-19 and we're praying for you and you're getting through and you're doing so well. For some of you, you've known fear. These are not easy times for any of us and they're harder for some. But in this season, friends, the last thing we need to do is to try and act like everything's okay or to put on some religious pretense or falsehoods. No, this is calling us to be honest with God, to call out to him in truth and sincerity for his provision, for his healing, for his mercy. Let us do that as his people, for us, for our families, for our communities, for our villages and towns, for our nation. And as we do, let us then rest in the truth that God is not far away. God is near. He is near. He is with us now, even as I speak. He is with you in your home. He is with you in your workplace, in our hospitals. He is close. Where is he? He is right in the midst of all that's going on. And he is able to do far more than we dare ask or imagine. He's the God who is listening, the God who hears our cry. He is quick and mighty to save. So my final question, are you calling out to God in truth on behalf of you and your family and our nation And if you are, have you really understood? And do you really know that he is near? He is close. He is with us. I want us just to reflect on a song by Bethel now. As we come towards the end of our time together, I want us just to reflect on this beautiful song, um, which is the father really inviting all of us in this generation, just as he has in every generation, to come close to him and realize how near he is to us. Let's just listen together, shall we? It's a truth that God has said to every generation, come to me, let me take you by the hand and lead you through what your generation are going through, what your time is throwing at you, the troubles of this world that Jesus said he has overcome. This amazing psalm we have been reminded, and I commend Psalm 145 to you this week, to go back through it and look at it. Every day is an opportunity to praise God, to go deeper in our relationship, and there are new opportunities at the moment for you, so take them. Every generation has a story to tell. What's our story going to be? May it be that we are a people who live out and declare The kingdom of God in which everyone is remembered and loved and cared for. And we know and love and trust and rely on our king and our friend who in every way is faithful, dependable and good. Psalm, as you glance back over it in the week, you'll find that it is full of these wonderful, it's punctuated by superlative qualities of God. Great is the Lord. Gracious is the Lord. Compassionate is the Lord. Trustworthy is the Lord. Faithful is the Lord. And there are many others in it. And David sneaks in one final every, says, my mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. Let every creature praise his holy name forever and ever. I wonder in this season, not just in the previous or in the one to come, but in this season, will your voice be among them? Will you still be an enthusiast for God? As we sing our final, just before we sing our final song together, I want to share this word that Peggy emailed me yesterday after having written my sermon it seems to fit so well so let me just share this word that Peggy uh, felt she had from the Lord she says this my children see that you do not miss 
what I'm doing at this time in your world, your country and your lives. This is a time of opportunity, not to preach to thousands in a stadium, not to speak one on one in someone's home, not to speak to people in cafes, pubs, waiting rooms, hospitals or on buses and trains. For you are apart and some of you alone. This is the time to pray. You are saying, how shall I pray? This is what I'm saying to you now. Pray as I have already taught you for my kingdom to come, for my will to be done here at this time as it is always done in heaven. This is your priority, not your own health and safety. Yes, pray for it to end. Pray for the NHS, doctors, scientists, leaders. But your priority is my children in this world at this time is to shine as stars, steady and full of hope and peace. Whenever and however you can, hold out the word of life. Philippians 2 verse 16. Let's pray and then we're going to sing our final song together. So Heavenly Father, thank you for our time together this morning. Thank you that you've been with us by your spirit. Lord, help us to take the opportunities of this time, I pray. Each one of us, help us to resolve now to give you more time to praise you in this season in new ways, to discover your truth in this time for ourselves. And Lord, as we think about what will our story be, what will people say of us in the future as they look back at the church in this time? Lord, make us faithful. Come Holy Spirit, move amongst us, fill us with your grace and compassion that we may be people who declare and live out your kingdom kingdom where everyone is remembered and loved and encouraged and all can call upon the name of Jesus for all their provision that they need. And Lord, help us to stay utterly grounded in the word of the Lord, that you are faithful, you are kind, you are true. Help us to be real and sincere with you and help us to know that you are near. Each one of us now, we give you such thanks for that. In Jesus' precious name, we praise you. Amen. Amen.